You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Everybody to our Patreon exclusive extra episode. What are we calling these things? On a side note, you know, I, I don't know. No, it's a side note. That's fine. It's a side note. <laughs> yeah, nailed it in one. It's a side note. <laughs> well, when I stumble upon things, uh, so this is our first side note exclusively for our lovely Patreon members. And this is Love of Pages podcast, and we're just here to talk about some of our favorite reads from recent, Mm -hmm. Um, something that just kind of struck us that we want to share. Jessica and I are doing cocktails, I believe. Yes. I I made a drink. It's got this fun, like, greeny hue. Mine has a fun blood red hue. Interesting. So, probably could have made this for when we were reading Scythe. (laughs) It's okay. Okay. Um, so, Jessica, what is your cocktail? Um, it's a, I had pomegranate juice and cucumber lime juice in the fridge. So I put that together with some gin and some triple sec and called it a martini. <laughs> I like it. And it worked. I like it. So I experimented as well because the last time... I was up in Phoenix. I went to Total Wine because that's a thing I do when I go to Phoenix since we don't have one here in Yuma. And I kind of went a little crazy in the bitters aisle with all the fun mixing things. And I picked up mint bitters. So I was like trying, researching and researching, trying to come up with where to use the mint bitters. And it was basically like, oh, well, you can do a mint julep with it. Or you need to buy this special Greek alcohol, Mastia, which is also can be done in a powdered root. I have no idea. But you need this special <laughs> alcohol to make any of these other minty drinks. And I'm like, well, I'll have that. And I'm pretty positive that our local liquor store not going to have that. You don't so- think that Sunshine Market is going to have this? I don't think so. I don't even think House of Beverage will have this. <laughs> but uh, so what I did was I was like, okay, well, where else do I use bitters? And I'm like, well, my old fashions always call for Anacosta bitters. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I wonder if I could do it with mint bitters. And it's got this. So it does have a weird green hue. Not going to lie. Like yeah. it gives it a, it, and there it smells. It, the smell of the mint bitters, not super pleasant. Kind of smells a little bit like um, a Rumpelstiltskin shot, if you guys have ever done those. Nope. They're kind of overly minty toothpaste, but it oh, actually it in had a name. Oh, okay. It does. <laughs> I just thought it was called toothpaste. I've not uh-huh. had it myself, but. But drinking it, it has a, a lovely mint, almost pepperminty taste to it. So it's kind of fun. I like yeah. the idea of this. Thank you. <laughs> it's not just for the, the whole name thing. Uh, minty things, uh, things that are like um, black licorice kind of flavors. Mm-hmm. I like those. See, I don't tend to like black licorice, but I do love mint. Don't I'm, ask me why. I do love, yeah, same. I love mint, not black it, licorice. 
Not in least. the future, I have to I still have to try drinking alcohol with Andy for that stuff. Oh, right. So I think uh, I've decided that I'm going to have, I think it's called, it's Uzo is the one? Is that the name? <laughs> you are just going for broke. Because that, it like, I've smelled that and it, it smells like black licorice. And like well, if, you want, and if you want traditional black licorice, you've also got Jägermeister. Jägermeister. That's what everyone says, but that stuff smells disgusting. Um, but I it tastes like black licorice. Yeah. I know, but you guys both hate black licorice. And I hate Jägermeister. Okay. But I did have moonshine before I had the Jägermeister at that time. So maybe my taste buds were a little whack. For what I'm drinking tonight, though, I have this brand new brand of energy drink that I have never had before. Uh, they make very pretty cans. They do make very pretty cans. Oh. And that got my attention. <laughs> so I bought it. Is there a theme we see here? Wait, no, no. Like pre- pretty outsides. I'm sold. <laughs> this is all it takes for me. Is that the line you used with Naima? <laughs> it, it was slightly more verbose, but I mean, pretty much. <laughs> so excellent. So that's kind of what we're drinking today. Yeah, we'll see if I can come up with any other fun things because the other bitters that I got, I also got a smoked chili bitter. Huh. Well, hello. Okay. Which was, it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> I feel like just adding that to whiskey would make it good. It was very like good. It was yeah. It was also very good, speaking of Naima, it was also very good in the margaritas we made. Gave it a <laughs> set of, uh, ha- like, the jalapeno that I like, it has a real bite to it. This gives it a nice, like, smoke heat to it. Ooh. Okay. Very tasty. Cool. You cultured people. <laughs> I think they have another word for us. <laughs> and it's not so nice. Usually requires group <laughs> meetings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do introduce ourselves every time we come to this meeting. This is <laughs> and true. Then talk about our week. Just say <gasps> we do, don't we? Ooh. <laughs> but no. What um who is going to lead the charge on this one to tell people about their week. Or I well not the week is recent, not not just a week, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Cause like time is it's imaginary time. In, in the world of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> like I am having a real hard time with the fact that it's now September. Mm-hmm. We're recording this. And June. Still June. (laughs) I have a hard time remembering the fact that I did go to LA for my birthday this year for a con. (laughs) Like that was this year. That was in February, Mm -hmm. which seems like it was like three years ago. But at the same time, I'm also like, but it's September in 2020. And like, that seems real fast (laughs) because I'm also like, I got engaged in January and I feel like that's been forever, but then that's also been like no time at all. Mm-hmm. No, only two things have told me the passage of time uh, calendars. Well, I guess three mm-hmm. calendars. Um, the fact that at the beginning of each month I have to pay rent. And then the third thing being my waistline. <laughs> Cause that has changed. So yeah, I definitely <laughs> gained the COVID-19. <laughs> it's a really good name for that. <laughs> but it's the truth. 
No, yeah, the the, the Corona Poundus. <laughs> I lost weight. <laughs> no, it's, like honestly, it's gotta it's gotta go have come from somewhere. Yeah, Every, everything in the universe. Yeah. There's only so much matter in the universe, and it can only move and shift. <laughs> it can't be created out of nothing. So, can I pass mine on to somebody else? Like, I could, <laughs> who can I pass it to? <clears throat> what what small child needs a growth spurt? <laughs> yeah, because I've got like a full toddler in the in the in the trunk right now. <laughs> right. I've been waiting like 15 years for my growth spurt. <laughs> There is no more hope for us. We are done. We're done. So you guys are fine. Don't you worry. The only thing now is heels. That's it. That's all we get. That's who has some nice heels. Up until (laughs) the point that our our ankles give out and then we have to stop wearing heels. But that's in the future. That's future us's problem. Yeah, you cross that bridge when you come to it. But yeah, so that's kind of been that's been my recent week. Cause I'm like, it's September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How it's September. It? Doing paperwork at work today was like, no, <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> this is wrong. Starting to have the conversations about like, hmm, what's Thanksgiving gonna look like this year? What's Christmas gonna look like this year? What are our plans? Yeah, How mm-hmm. make this work. Can we plan them? It's like, oh. Oh, it's that time of the year already. Like, we got to start mm-hmm. thinking about these things. Yeah. And we have no idea what's going to happen in the next month. It's true. Magic. It's just going to all magically go away. Haven't you been listening to the news? It's just going to disappear. Well, yeah. But, mm. I mean, I think if, if anything, that uh, we are lucky in this one. Most of us, I think, would spend a lot of our time inside the first place and with our nose in books. So we're lucky. <laughs> think of all those people who don't read books. True. It's valid. So how's everybody else's recent week been? A blur. A big blur. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been really good for for me personally. Like I got to listen to a lot of new narrative fiction podcasts and different things mm. like that. So I've been pretty happy, honestly. I've awesome. just been practicing drawing and watercoloring and then watching shows. And then reading books. And then so- writing a bit. And then just just I'm not even busy with things that like I have to do. I am forcing myself to be busy with creative things for some reason. You know? Oh, and and downloading indie games and like finishing them in like five hours. <laughs> Greece is short. It is short. God, I want it to be so much longer. I just might play it again. <laughs> I didn't complete it, so like there were things I've missed because so, apparently there's a secret ending. So I definitely could play it again and try to complete it. But mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> I can't speak to the to the indie games, but the creative things are things you do have to do because they are things Jessica needs to do for Jessica's sanity. Mm-hmm. It is true. It is so, true. and sanity is important. That's what they say. Well, I mean, I got yelled at it about it today at work, so you know about sanity. <laughs> about sanity, yeah. No, it was actually rather entertaining. Some guy was trying to. So you have to get your OSHA posters and all of the U.S. Labor Department compliance stuff. And then he was talking to me about their new digital platform product about, you know, creating proper procedures to deal with mental health and all the new COVID stuff. And so he was trying to sell me this thing, but he was kind of just yelling at me. So (laughs) I'm like, can you not hear yourself? 
<laughs> to be fair, whenever I see the jobs listed for being a person who's selling the OSHA posters, that sounds like the right kind of person who would have gone for that job. So I'm like, I'm like, I just just give me my posters. I wrote you the check. Just just give me my posters. Leave me alone. <laughs> Complete my transaction. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. So I got yelled at today about good mental sanity, which seems a little counterproductive. But that's okay. What, I like, found it highly entertaining. Because they're yelling at They're trying to convince themselves. <laughs> you need to have good mental health. You need it. You have to have it. I'm like this. Do, do we need to talk about your mental health right now? Because really, yeah, feels capital, like really a capital Y situation pointed <laughs> inwards. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, yeah. So mental health is very important. I learned that today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. Shall we jump into our books? Yeah. Who wants to go first? Not it. Not it. Okay. That- Sounds like you. Guess it. <laughs> Huzzah. No. Uh, so I recently managed to pick up. It's been out for a bit, but I recently picked up in the last few months Dan Brown's most recent book, Origin, which is the latest in the Robert Langdon series. So most everybody's probably familiar with Angels and Demon and the Da Vinci Code. Uh probably more the movies than the books, which do have a very different feel to them there is there's quite a bit of distinction the storyline is pretty close to accurate but the characterization of the characters of Mm -hmm. robert langdon and company are vastly different so in this one so you have angels and demons you have the da vinci code you have inferno you have i'm missing one of them and then origins and in each one they're all dealing with slightly different cataclysmic events Mm -hmm. but they all explore kind of the interplay of science and religion and how they kind of play into each other and how they tend to eclipse each other and so Mm -hmm. origin the 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 premise of this particular book is one of Robert's former students became the next Stephen Hawking, but on mega scale. So oh. he became, you know, a multi-billionaire uh, tech guru who also discovered multiple science and, you know, inventions and discoveries and won Nobel Prizes. And he invites Robert to a speech he's going to give in which he talks about the fact that he using a computer algorithm can get to point zero on our timeline. So everybody talks about, you know, how things go from near zero and how we all develop, but nobody could ever get to zero. So he figured out how to get to zero. So where we came from. So the point of conception of the whole universe so and the big then also bang? or like right before the big bang right before the big bang so okay. like the true beginning and then he took that same algorithm and extrapolated out basically to show where we were going okay and as robert arrives which is common in the the langdon series 
there's some sort of catastrophe that occurs. As Robert arrives, the catastrophe As, happens. Pretty much. I mean, pretty. think about the Da Vinci okay. Code. Think about angels and demons. I know, I know. I, I, when I there's catastrophes involved. Yeah. So he arrives and his pupil ends up shot just before he can download and give his speech. Oh, and he's assisted oh. by his AI. So the student is assisted by his AI uh, computer, Winston, who then helps Robert and associate who ends up, who is apparently the princess of Spain. Princess of Spain? <laughs> yeah, you just like, the, the company he keeps, man. <laughs> uh, as they try to get to and get the presentation unlocked and released. And they basically have 12 hours and they're fighting against religious sects. They're fighting against royal guards. They're fighting against part of the science community. And so back and forth and the twists and turns and then, you know, getting the presentation released and what do those findings now mean? Mm -hmm. So there are some big twists and turns. I very much like the Robert Langdon series because I like how it explores that interplay between how do you be a modern intellectual and still understand the value of religious beliefs or where we came from or those kinds of questions and how they were dealt with in religious contexts and how they've potentially been twisted or forgotten meanings over time and those kinds of things because obviously Robert Langdon for those who have not aren't familiar with the series he is a Harvard professor of symbology he's you know supposed to be the world's most renowned symbologist so talking about how yes this was a symbol for the devil but prior to that it was Poseidon's Triton mm -hmm. you know so context matters and you know symbols mean different things depending on who you are and where you are in time and all those good things. So I like it because it's got a lot of twists and turns. And I think it's a very poignant question about, so a lot of times in science and in technology, we tend to mostly just ask, can we do it? Can mm -hmm. it be done? And we rarely ask, at Should least it? in the beginning, should it be done? Until it's too late, and we're like, "Oh, yeah. maybe we shouldn't have done that." Mm -hmm. I actually, I saw recently, which I didn't check to see if it was true or not, that they they've cloned, possibly cloned a T Rex embryo in a chicken egg, or I something. Told us how this was going to go. And I literally yeah. went, um, "Do we need to not know what? Like, not this year. <laughs> not this year. Just can we not? Can you just?" No, we, we keep we keep doing it. We we released a uh, bacteria that was stuck in permafrost that was however many millions of oh, years old. Right, I forgot. We Did they release it? it? Huh? I heard they found it. I didn't realize it was released. No, as as far as like we just we pulled it back up. It was fine for it to stay elsewhere, guys. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> we could have just left it alone. Yeah. No, nope, we we don't do that. So. Mm -mm. That's uh, Dan Brown's latest origin book. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I do yeah. love, I, I love the things that go into things that change over time, the meaning of so many different things. Because uh, yeah. there's so many examples of it. Even just this last time when we were podcasting uh, for the Geek's Watch, 
there was a time when John called someone a Nimrod and he used it in the like negative sense. Yeah. Um, which is not what that is. N Nimrod, like for anyone who's like a big, like a like biblical kind of person um, or any like older history kind of things. Um, Nimrod was a sharpshooter. Yeah. Like, first thing, like he was a fantastic marksman. Uh, mm -hmm. But then they used Nimrod as like a sarcastic insult in a, an old Bugs Bunny cartoon of all things. And so now people are like, wow, way to go, Nimrod. And it's that's just the way people think of that word now because of yep. one cartoon. It's crazy. No, exactly. I mean, and that's frequently the case with all sorts of symbols that used to have different meetings and then get co-opted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think the best line I ever heard was your personal belief on what a symbol means is overridden by what history has determined its meaning to be. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's a very interesting and, and poignant um, distinction. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. doesn't really matter what you think this symbol means. It, what matters is what history has determined it to state to the general public. Mm -hmm. Especially with the idea of a symbol in general. That's mm -hmm. what that is. It's emblematic of something. Correct. So. And his, history or just how cultural changes in general, because I mean, look at what happened to the, uh, I can't remember the name, the, but yeah, swastika. Mm -hmm. There you go. I mean, that has turned into a bad symbol and history has written it now as a bad symbol, even though before that it was, it's good, good luck. Symbol. A good luck symbol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there uh, in San Francisco, I was going past a really old building, um, and it's it's emblazoned on the fence mm -hmm. in the the previous thing where it's turned the opposite direction. It's mirrored. Yeah. Uh, and I was going past, and I I, I like stopped. There's I was like I was like ah ah no old building okay. Yeah, there's <laughs> a bridge. Over near, I want to say Martina's Lake, there's a bridge with swastikas on it, too, on the Good. side. Yeah. It's an old bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, all engraved to the side. Yeah. Goodness. But did, did you have another book that you were going to talk about that you had had? No, that's, that's my, my pick for tonight, because I thought we were only doing one. So. Okay. Well, for this one, if anyone came to you and said, listen, I get to, I get to buy one book this <laughs> month. Should I start the Dan Brown series? Yes, so long as you're willing to commit your next several months purchase. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of those that you kind of get hooked in. While they're all standalone books, you, you could jump right in, just read this one, not read any of the others, and you would understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. You do get kind of attached to the Robert Langdon character and his process of how he does things. I will say that I like the series as it progresses more. I think my least favorite is Angels and Demons, which is the first one. Mm -hmm. And they get progressively better. And you deal with the church. You deal with uh, the Illuminati. You deal with... Uh, the Freemasons you deal with. I mean, so you deal with all of these different interests, but Stephen mm -hmm. doesn't sound, Stephen's like, no. Mm, no. No, no, I was, I was smiling because when you said Freemason, she did like a little jig thing. 
Yeah. I don't know why. No, no, no. I I like the I like the the idea of all of these things in general. <laughs> like honestly, I I enjoyed National Treasure because I had already enjoyed like those that pre existing character. Yep. But so no, yeah, I I would highly recommend it, but just be forewarned, it is a pseudo series. It's a I don't even know what you would call this, because it's not not a series in the sense that the storyline progresses, but it's an anthology, I guess. Yeah, I suppose an anthology, maybe. Are they not I connected? Like, like they don't reference like past? They days? don't reference each other really at all. Huh. It's just the same main character. Interesting. Okay. It's, that probably is a word for that, but I don't know what it is. I mean, anthology might work. Anthology might work. I mean, anthology is the only one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So. But it is, it's a captivating anthology. And what's really nice is they're pretty easy reads. Things don't get bogged down very much. There's enough description because you need to get into the symbology of things. But it doesn't tend to overload the description. And things tend to move pretty quickly okay. throughout the book. So you don't have a lot of downtime. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. Yeah, about um, the only the only critique I would have is that not a lot of time is spent on developing the side characters mm-hmm. as much as I would like in certain instances. Because there's almost always somebody who is helping Robert Langdon. And I oftentimes feel like they tend to get a little lost as to why they're there and what they're really, you know what their motives are. I don't feel like they end up really fully developed. So that would be my only critique. Okay. I can understand that one, especially if they're introducing a whole host of new side characters, every book. Correct. Yeah. So, all right. So that's Dan Brown origin. Who's oh. next? How dare you? <laughs> I should have been ahead. I should have known. Okay. So. Steven, you do realize you will have to go. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. At some point in time, this one's me last. Okay, so the book I have actually read like two months ago, and I read it through a subscription series that I do called Once Upon a Book Club, in which they give you once a month they give you a book as well as several gifts, and the gifts are labeled with page numbers. They're wrapped up, labeled with page numbers, and so once you get to a certain page number specifically a certain sentence it'll tell you open your gift and you open a gift as you read it and it always deals with whatever's going on in that sentence or paragraph um totally recommend this subscription box it's fun and you get a lot of no we aren't getting kickbacks for it we're not we're not we're not it's not it this is literally free advertising i've started this like a few months ago um this was the second book that i got which I almost didn't get this one. I just forgot to cancel my subscription because I was not interested in it. But it's called How the Penguin Saved Barat by Hazel Priori or Pryor. Could be Pryor. Priori? <laughs> oh, no, Pryor. Definitely. Pryor. Yeah, it's Pryor. Okay. <laughs> but, um, and I wasn't going to get it because it's. I'm very picky on fiction that I read, especially adult fiction that I read, and especially just adult regular. Like, I don't, I read a lot of fantasy and sci-fi and stuff like that. I don't read a lot of normal, normal fiction. Um, (laughs) 
And this one was about an 85-year-old woman who just decides to go to Antarctica. <laughs> and it just seemed like, well, that's just interesting. But eh, but I ended up forgetting to lose my subscription and or to not do the subscription for that month. I ended up getting the book and I read it in like two days. Absolutely loved it. Um, Veronica is a spunky, rich, old woman who's slowly losing her memory, has no heirs at all, like, seemingly, it's just, and she's trying to think of, she's realizing, like, she has all this money, she's gonna be dying soon, she needs to do something with her will, and every day before she goes to bed, she watches this like nature-based show with this like one of those like Steve Irwin type guys <laughs> and he does the special on these penguins in Antarctica and she decides I'm gonna go save the penguins because <laughs> they're just and it, it follows this research team too that's um watching these penguins which they're not emperor penguins I cannot remember what penguins they were they're smaller than emperor penguins because that's what I thought oh emperor penguins but no these are like smaller versions of emperor penguins hmm. not remember what kind of penguin it was and i forgot to like even look through to be like oh yeah those penguins but um she decides to go but before she decides to go she decides to figure out if she actually does have any family left and lo and behold she had her son has died but she does have a grandson and the grandson is depressed smokes pot just not really doing well in life, doesn't have a real set job for reasons, for very specific reasons. He went through a lot of trauma in life and she kind of sort of blames him and went, okay, no, you're not getting my money. I'm going to go give it to the research team in Antarctica, but I need to see if they actually deserve it. And so this lady literally just gets her housekeeper to send an email to the research team, just straight up saying, I'm going to be on this plane. I'll get there on this boat at this time. I will stay until the next boat leaves. The research team is like, we cannot have an 85 year old coming to Antarctica. <laughs> like, it's not what happens. It's not okay. I like it because this, I picture my grandmother actually doing this. She's being like, no, I'll be, come pick me up at the airport. I'll be there in, in three hours. I feel like that's why I liked it. Cause actually when I was reading it, I was like, I could, see his grandmother doing this like i could see even my grandmother doing this if she if she had no family or something like i could see this happening and yep she shows up there there's this one girl on the research team and she does a little blog about the penguins and there's these two guys there's one guy that absolutely hates that she's there and just like is so rude according to her and but just a really nice female scientist terry so sweet and Eventually, she does end up getting sick, which ends up her finally revealing, oh, no, she adopts a baby penguin. A baby penguin is basically going to die, and she basically forces the research team, which is just there for research, not to, like, no affect, no interference kind of thing. She basically forces them to adopt a baby penguin, and she's like, <laughs> it'll be great for your blog. It's great publicity. I'll take care of it. It's okay. So she adopts the baby penguin. She names the baby penguin after her grandson. The so, one that she doesn't like? The one that she doesn't like. Um, but it's still eventually, grand. yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> but eventually you get what her background was and how she had this grandson that she didn't even know existed. Um, seemingly she had no heirs. And it ended up that during World War II, 
and she lived in London with her family. And then they ended up, you know, training her up to Scotland. And there she felt she was a young teenage girl, fell in love with with somebody she should not have fallen in love with, even though it was really true love and it was a beautiful story. But just at the time, she should not have fallen in love with this person. I don't want to give too much away. And she ended up having a son. She ended up having to have that son in a nunnery. And the nuns ended up just adopting her son without telling her. So, it, yeah, she didn't even know what they changed his name to or anything. And I'm sure they didn't keep great um, records about this. No. Yeah, no, it was... Um, it's during one of those times in which, you know, it was a really, really bad time to be a single woman, especially a single young woman who was pregnant and you had basically zero rights. And I mean, this is honestly still, still not a great time for that. Yeah, still, it's still not a great time. But like in this time, especially they could just take your child away with no like nuns could not. Yes. Like we're better. We're yeah. not it's like. We're not even really good, but we're better. Than the baseline. <laughs> Which oddly there's a theme because the next book that I got from this book subscription was The Last Piece by Imogene Clark. And it also had that same idea of somebody was young, single woman, pregnant, and was forced to give out her child to adoption. You're just like I mean, to be fair, a lot of these stories. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, like, throughout it, she ends up, you know, starting to understand Patrick, and she ends up discovering how she wants to live the rest of her life. She ends up basically playing matchmaker a bit, too, and it's just, it was just, I don't want to give too much away, because I really love it, and I want you guys to read it one day, <laughs> but I, I, I have fiction. Patrick I, and and the research lady. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's no way it's anyone else. Are you kidding me? I know, right? <laughs> just like, just like the, the person who ended up the person she ended up pregnant by was a German POW. Yeah, or something to that effect. Not German. Close though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Put a bit of Italian in there. <laughs> but uh, it was great. No, it's just I don't know. I love you. You alternate between her point of view. Terry's blog and then Patrick's point of view, which getting his point of view on things and her point of view on things were just <laughs> just great. Like just very different, I'm sure. Yeah, eventually she like almost dies, and so Patrick goes down to Antarctica, which is how you get the where she goes, hmm, I see this Terry and Patrick thing going on. And she literally because when you're in Antarctica, the ship only comes so often to port. Like it just like once every three weeks. And so she literally like one time the ship was coming and her and Patrick had to leave and she's just like fainted. She just fainted and woke up and she's like, oh no, what do you mean? We missed the boat. <laughs> Looks like we had to stay here a little longer. That is such grandma shenanigans. That is like <laughs> true grandma shenanigans. It's just, it's. That's how they operate. Oh, it's, it's, it's sh- shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> It's just. <laughs> it wouldn't have been that funny. Um, they were, well, you guys are both your <laughs> <drunk>, so. <laughs> Far lower. No, it's just. I've not been drinking enough. But we <laughs> have lowered. <laughs> I just find it really funny. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that it was good, though, honestly, because you said, like, you were so hesitant about it. Like, you would have 
chosen to have canceled the subscription before yeah. reading it. I know. I was nervous. I was like, I don't know about reading in the point of view of an 85-year-old woman. Like, I don't know. Penguins, but no, it was so well written. Hazel Pryor did a wonderful job. She has another book, apparently, Ellie and the Heartmaker, so I'm probably going to end up buying that one on my own to see. Um, I don't even know what that one's about, but <laughs> like, so it's, it's Pryor, very well written. Is, mm-hmm. Pryor, is Pryor younger, older? Do we know oh, anything? Good question. I'm just curious as to, to who has the life experiences to write from an 85 year old point of view i feel she like looks she's... like middle-aged like yeah, she... like maybe 40s i, I think don't want to judge her a... black and white photo but she okay not she's not 85 but... she's not 85 but she not she's not 20 either yeah she's also I think heart- she, she had a sassy grandma as well yeah probably probably their grandma i can't judge like i've I've never been a werewolf or a vampire or a fairy, and I've still managed to write in their point of views all the time. Like, it's just... <laughs> I, not to judge, truly just a... If you thought it was so well-written, oftentimes authors do struggle to write from drastically different points of view. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious, yeah. you know, if there was something that... Yeah. I'm going to imagine she, like, knows somebody that is that strong personality type and... Based it off of that person. Because yeah. it is written in first person. So, yeah. Probably somebody she's very close to. But, like, she also managed to write in the point of view of a young 20 something male, pot smoking male. So, and she, I thought she did a convincing job at that, too. Like, she did her mother and her son. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Honestly. Honestly. Yeah, I have been interaction for 20 years. I know how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no quite excellent um i also listen to and to would recommend if you like young adult fantasy uh the cruel prince by holly black i got that through my library digital app and i listened to that on my way of way to work it's one of those kind of sort of darker fairy stories so if you like darker stories it's hit or miss with me, but this one I actually really liked because I really liked the main character. And oh, it's, it's pretty good. That's a trilogy that I need to... I listened to the second book, but I did not manage to complete it before my loan was done. And it's a very popular series, just to I warn never, you. I never hear it again. <laughs> so there was like a six-week hold <laughs> on it. Oh. I had 20 minutes left. 20 minutes left. <laughs> I thought I had one more day with and I was like, dang it. stuff's the worst. I never want to have it happen absolutely ever to me in an audiobook. I don't know. Now I'm like, well, go- I guess I'm going to have to start paying for my audiobooks. <laughs> Darn it. But, um, and then I've also, I've got, I'm reading this right now, but I already absolutely love it. It's called Rogue Princess by B.B. Myers. And it is a sci-fi gender-bent telling of Cinderella. And it's an absolute joy to read. It's just so fun. I'm going to, like, normally, like, back back a few years ago when I wasn't as busy doing things, I probably would have finished this in, like, six hours. But because it's just that fun of a read to, like, just sit there and, and read. I'm absolutely enjoying it. And this I got on um, bookoutlet.com, which also does not 
give us any money or anything. This is free advertising to them too, but, but look out like a conversation. We, we, need to, we need to pick up at least affiliate links for wine and books at this point. Like, really do. If it's not a sponsorship, we put cash to the net to possibly get money. I know we really should, but yeah, bookoutlink.com is a good way for you to save a lot of money on books that are, they just, they take those books that bookstores haven't sold. So they kind of sort of go back to this. They, they'll all have like a little black marker on it on, or something. So you can't yeah. get new, new books from them, but you can get like last year's books from them for significantly discounted, <laughs> like just significant and kids books too. Oh, my nephew is getting very spoiled with the amount of kids books that I bought him from bookoutlet.com. So. I see like, and having been a person who works at a bookstore, when you take something that's a new release and then take that black marker to it or red marker, whatever color a franchise chooses to use, uh, it doesn't even mean it's a bad book or anything. It typically means that you just have too much of a thing. And so you're lowering the price and then excluding it from other sales of some sort. Yeah. Uh, and because like some paperback edition of the book has come out or something mm-hmm. like that. It's well, just going into a, a different covers, picture. Like, yeah. It yeah. means absolutely nothing for the quality of the book in any way, right. shape, or form. No, I, there are some really good books on that site. So it's just, this is a very fun read. But um, I can't remember what else. I've got, like, quite a few. Like, I got classicals. I've had, like, historicals. I just, I filled up. I saved up so much room on my bookshelf behind me over there. And now it's starting to get full again. Because of bookoutlet.com. That's a problem. No, no, I'm going to need to get other bookshelves. <laughs> I feel like you need like, a house for the books at this point. Yes, I really do. I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, though. Mm-mm. But then I want to live in that house. Listen, you can live in the one room that's not for, for books, but the other three stories of the house will have to be dedicated to the books. Okay, yeah. yeah. So long <laughs> it's established but yeah so well excellent so those are jessica's latest reads Mm -hmm. the overachiever (laughs) (laughs) no for for these ones um do you recommend people buying these ones yes i do i highly recommend people buy those ones the cruel prince i just make sure it's it's your thing because some people don't like dark young adult fantasy or they're getting tired of it because it's fairly overdone in young adults so it's kind of sort of hit or miss whether or not you'll like it or not. Normally, I wouldn't like it, but it's because of book talk. They keep on throwing it. And I actually liked Holly Black back when I was in high school. She kind of sort of introduced me to the world of like dark fairies and really inspired me to write fairy fiction and, and stuff. So that's why I was like, well, I did like Holly Black back when I was young. It was definitely a fun listen. The narrator was really, really good, too. So. Yeah, but, and then just, yeah, Veronica. How, how the Penguins Say Veronica. Solid read. Everybody should read it. I highly recommend. <laughs> I like it. I like okay. It. All right, Stephen. So, there is no more nose goes. You have no, to. Go. I'm touching your guys' nose on the screens. <laughs> no, um, so no, for, for this one, uh, I had a few different options, same as Jess did for this one to possibly talk about. The one that I think I'll probably talk about because it's one of the the more interesting ones. Um, that well, I'll put my I'll get my honorable mentions out of the way first. So the the honorable mention that I thought was the most interesting, but I don't think I would recommend possibly right now, um, okay. because just because of content in general 
um, is that there's a series that's from William Gibson, who is one of the pioneers of cyberpunk and a lot of science fiction post the 80s in general, kind of helped to mm-hmm. shape science fiction or reshape. Mm-hmm. But um, he is doing a new series that starts with a book called Peripheral. And then the one after that was called The Agency. Um, in this series, this the science fiction series, there are different timelines for things. Um, it starts off sounding like a normal sci-fi book. Something happens that's that has weird circumstances behind it, and you're supposed to pick it apart. But it becomes much more complex than that. There's one timeline that's essentially like like time prime, I guess, you know, the the origin of the other things. And then in this future time period, there's been some big cataclysm thing that's happened. And with their advanced technology that someone very much did some new things with and poked a hole into time with, they, they get to do this thing that they call, I think it was, it was stubs where they go back and they pick a certain point uh, to access. And then there's like a branching time where if they go and do something in this thing that they call a stub, none of those things will affect their future. And I mean, it'll play out in its own, but from that point when they access it, time runs concurrently. If it's been two hours in their world, it's been two hours in that other time, whenever they go to poke into it. Uh, And it's, it's just kind of an interesting one because they talk about changing events in that world like um they're modifying things by like uh modifying currency other different things with their ai and other algorithms they apply that to it even though they can't put anything physically into that world and so it was just kind of fun to like to listen to these books and kind of think of the idea of that's why we live in the timeline we live in (laughs) because someone from this alternate situation fucked with it (laughs) Well, I would really hope that they would stop coming back and trying to refix it because they're just making it worse. Yeah. No, no. Every time something happens, like just a new one comes around. But you know, I do appreciate yeah. it. They took care of the murder hornets, apparently. Yeah, but they replaced it with like... <laughs> with coronavirus? No, no. Coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus <laughs> it was before. Was there was, uh, was the crocodiles. Uh, no, the alligators. The... I thought it was. They thought that was the crocodiles high on meth, or the alligators high on meth. Somebody. Yeah, or something. Yeah, meth, meth alligator. What? Meth alligators. That, you was, know that was a Florida story. It was to get. It was. It was a cop related story where they're like, "You guys need to turn in your meth because we're getting some serious meth alligator problems." It's just two things they have a surplus in in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So just no. They're gonna overlap. Alligators everywhere in Florida, and just. And there's also a lot of meth in Florida. You can fish for alligators in Florida, or at least you used to be able to. With, with yeah, meth bait? No, with hot dogs. Pizza's a hot dog tied to a string. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alligators. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh, so that, like, um, that franchise of books, well, a series of books, there's got to be another one after this. Um, th- they were really interesting. They were definitely casual sci fi read slash listens. There's nothing super crazy going on, it's just fun. William Gibson's not trying to rewrite sci-fi again at this point. I don't know um, why, but you were talking about like how they like change the future, but only in one branch or whatever. And all I could think of was the anime I chose to watch because I hated myself at the time. But Orange, I, I, don't I know didn't. 
you didn't watch that one that's like basically where like somehow a group of kids send their past selves letters never freaking know how the hell they managed to do that well in order to prevent one of their friends from committing suicide so it's very sad naturally Hmm. but um, but i mean they managed to make the branch but like the lake house they they just had to use the mailbox yeah, yeah, it was kind of like, the, yeah, almost like the lake house, but to yourself, and just whether or not you chose to follow the letter or not, and just have. But I was like, but it's still never like, how did they know to send the letter? Like, how did this? Like, I mean, never explains how it works. No, just that time, it time travel doesn't have to make sense ever. Yeah, it's just time accept travel. it when it happens. Yeah, time yes, it does. <laughs> no, this is why I won't write a time travel novel because I have to try to make it make sense. It really doesn't have to. As as a true as, as a real uh, Doctor Who fan, and I've been catching up this week. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, wibbly wobbly. Yeah, no. The amount I'm trying to write a space novel, and and the fact that I I really felt like I had to prove that you could somehow create artificial gravity on a spaceship. Just no, no we have that one figured out. <laughs> really bad for my brain. <laughs> no, we have that one pretty much figured out at this point. It's just putting it into practice. That's the hard part. Yeah. But no, for my actual book, because um, I'll, I'll skip my other honorable mention. I already went into the other one a good amount. The <laughs> other one that I think is the one I think I would recommend the most at this point, it's also sci-fi. Lo and behold, crazy sci-fi from Steven. Ooh. But no, um, this one, it's uh, from an author named Max Berry, who is, has apparently written um, a good chunk of novels. But this is the first one that caught my attention. Uh, came out a few months ago, and it's called Providence. And the the cover was one where I was like, this looks awful. <laughs> like, I hate this cover. <laughs> but I saw through the cover. Wow. And I persevered this time. Crazy. Yeah, I know. That one is, that's a departure for me at this point. But. <laughs> Yeah, in um, in this world, there's well, I should say the thing that caught my attention listening to a sample from the book is that they actually start with the beginning of the book, which doesn't often happen with a sample of an audiobook. And it's usually some other later section, like when you open a book and they have a few paragraphs. You know, it's a later chunk. Yeah. But um, for this one, they were talking about first contact with a brand new alien race, which since I was a kid has been one of my favorite beginning of a premise of anything. Uh, Ender's Game was my favorite book when I was a kid. Um, like, I love the idea of first contact. I was going to say, I feel like Ender's Game is still your favorite book based off of how frequently it comes up in our conversations. They were really good books just in general. They were. I no, they were. I, I hate Orson Scott Card, though. I know. So I, I needed something to, to dethrone him and push him out. This is not that, but it did a good job. Take care, <laughs> rolling. Think of a valued effort. Yeah. No, they, they did a good job. Uh, but no, for this one, the the beginning of the thing has them in, um, encountering this brand new alien race that's entirely foreign. They're not uh, some bipedal organism or anything. They don't have a language that we understand through universal translators or any crap like that. But over the course of the book, these these things that don't have any kind of malice that we can see, like we truly do not understand what's going on with them. And anytime a character tries to ascribe any human motivation to even their body language in, in any moment, 
they they think like, oh no, no, this one, I get this one now. And then, oh nope, I do not get that one now. They're still <laughs> super evil, but they're they're still not evil. We just still do not understand each other. So so the people that are trying to solve this problem are they all like psychiatrists and stuff? Like they didn't get like an animal behavioralist or anything. This is where it gets it? even more interesting. So what? they um because the the aliens that have made contact with humans are from so far away. Mm-hmm. Humans to try to uh, make contact or try to win this conflict that babies. has become, huh? They send babies. No, no, goodness, no, 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 no. They're all babies. They gotta go so far away that you want them. You want to send the babies so that way they're grown up by the time they get there. No, not not even that one. They actually send um, a ship that is capable of some very fast travel, uh, but it it is piloted by AI. And this AI, in no way, shape, or form, really cares about the crew being there. at all the ship is entirely works by itself but the company that makes this ai and the ships and everything knows that you have to have people on the ship you have to market this whole idea of this war to get the money to pay for the ships to be profitable even though they have a quote-unquote good cause of trying to beat these guys in space you know um so they send this this crew of people who over the course of the novel and it's very early on that this idea is posited it's no spoiler whatsoever um the whole crew is just selected essentially because they'll look great on social media <laughs> and they, they have them sending things back to, to earth like um to, to air and further the cause of trying to continue having these ships built and sent out this is some very black mirror like let's take this premise <laughs> logical conclusion i love this it's, it, it's an interesting one and honestly that's the way that stuff goes yeah uh so no everyone that's on the ship there's one there's one person in particular who um uh, that, that might be too, a little too spoilery no I, I won't say that one everyone has individual challenges and unique personalities so much of this book is just character interactions and dealing with the situation that they're actually in and the implications of that situation for this different personality type and like you have like a um a super headstrong kind of person who's very much like alpha male bro dude kind of person who is just stuck in a place where he literally has no effect whatsoever on the things that this ship with crazy ai guns like it just targets everything and blows <laughs> it out of the sky. I mean, honestly, honestly. <laughs> so they have that kind of person. Um, a person who is the like the quote unquote commander of this whole group of four people that are on the ship. Uh, and that person, they know they're very much in on what's happening here. They've led people before, and they know that they were recruited to be on the ship and there's no other reason to put this person on the ship after the way that their career had gone um another person who is very much um the kind of like influencer social media person who's always putting out like hey guys just doing my run out here on like out here in space because otherwise bone density it like you lose it you lose it uh, you do. and they present this running really is gonna help but okay <laughs> But no, like that, that that person is also the person who is the counselor on the ship. But being the biggest social media person and being a counselor, 
I don't know if those two necessarily go together because you know that you're putting up the biggest facade. Yeah. Well, uh, so fair. Most like, counselors and therapists are putting up a facade, whether or not they're social media influences or not. Like that, that one's fair. They are just as messed as you are. Trust that, me. My bigger, my bigger thing would be like, how am I going to trust you not to put this on social media since that's your entire life and you put literally everything on social media? So any of my conversations are going to end up on social media. And oh, nah. people don't seem to take advantage of the counselor a lot in the first place in this, but I think that <laughs> is also about the personality types. <laughs> Uh, but no, like, uh, and then there's the other the other character who is, by most metrics, the main character of the book, um, mm-hmm. and he's an engineer who is being sent to go be on a ship that, like, for all, all intents and purposes, repairs itself and everything. It's made to be self-sustaining. Uh, and I don't. It was just. It was such an interesting thing. The entire book being just character interactions and the implication of character interactions is a very cool narrative exercise, if nothing else. Well, and I imagine it feeds in because if you can't even communicate with somebody whose language you speak, how are you going to communicate with an alien race that you know nothing about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at, at the point of the, the book, there's no one else who's made any kind of contact with this race since that first very negative interaction <laughs> when they first made contact. Uh, and uh, that was also one of my favorite parts of Ender's, like all of the Ender books in general, is just the fact that there's this core misunderstanding between humans and this alien race. But mm-hmm. in that one, they do obviously like make contact of sorts. And so much of it is sorted out. Ender makes good on things and helps them be reseated and come back around over the course of the books. This yeah. does not have that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So no, that was Providence by Max Berry. It was on my and list to read from when it came out. I actually Providence have it was? on my mm-hmm. nice. I don't know what it was about it. I was like, oh that looks like fun to read. So <laughs> now that I have somebody else who has read it and recommends it, I shall read it. <laughs> I, I do I think I think it's also a nice one if you're just looking for something to play while you do something else, because it is told from the different perspectives. It's a nice, easy one to break up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if I have to just mention one other thing real fast, uh, it's this graphic novel, PTSD, by a very complicated name, um, Galium Singulin. Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, or I guess Guillaum. I don't know. It's probably it's probably like the French version of William. <laughs> but yeah um they're a person who's done a lot of other graphic novels they're an award-winning graphic novel writer artist i mostly picked it up initially because again the cover is so good um on this one in particular uh sorry for anyone who's just listening to this but this this cover here it actually is a cutout uh and so it has this hole in it with this really nice like paper Kind of thing in, in the inside of it um like nice spot gloss on the outside and i already follow this this person on social media for their other graphic novel works so even though this is a lot more like heavy subject material i mean it's called ptsd um i was i was very interested to see what they would do if they weren't doing something with somebody else collaboratively mm. nice oh. all right so dear listener watcher patreon supporter now you got several books to comb through, and hopefully we've intrigued you with something that will yeah. get you to pick up a book and turn some pages. Yeah. 
on that note, Jessica, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey writes. And Stephen, where can people find you? You can find me across all social media as Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent. And you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at geekelitemedia.com, our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. This episode is strictly for our Patreon subscribers. So thank you so much for joining us and for subscribing. We appreciate it. Uh, if you are interested in having us do a side note on anything specific, feel free to shout out at us. We're always looking for great ideas. Mm-hmm. But until next time, this is the Love of Pages, reminding you to always keep turning the page and always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.